hopefully remember about, I don't know, 10% of it, maybe 15, <laughs> but we think it's important. And um, so today, we're going to do things just a little bit differently uh, to open up the scriptures, okay? So what will happen is, in a minute, I'm going to ask Lucy to read, and I have asked her to read slowly, so she's not gone weird. I've just asked her to read it slowly so that we can really notice the story, because some of us may never have heard it. And for those of us that have heard the story lots of times, it's going to be read slowly so that we can just notice any thoughts and feelings that come to mind when Lucy reads to us. And then we might hear the story again. And then we're going to look at some pictures together and um, invite the Holy Spirit to help us shine a light on this scripture in those ways. And then we'll worship some more and there's an opportunity to pray. So you, you know what's going to happen now. So Lucy, would you like to come and read to us? Okay, that's better. Um, Okay, so the reading today is from Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to 50. So I'll give you a moment to find it. And I'm quite well known for talking fast, so I'll do my best. (laughs) Okay. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, and the other 50 Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he cancelled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt cancelled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. 
you did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he has, who has, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Just take a moment to notice what strikes you from that story. It's a bit like when you watch a film, you can always remember one scene. So just cast your mind back over that story that you heard. And I wonder which scene is sticking in your mind. I'm going to pray now. God, thank you that you are with us. And thank you for your Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. And we give our minds and our hearts to you this afternoon. That God, you would illuminate this story for us. That you would light it up in such a way that we can clean the windows of our own life and allow the light that you have placed in us to shine more brightly. Amen. So I wonder what scene uh, from that story most sticks in your mind. Well, I want to give a little bit of background to the story, just for those of us that may not be that familiar with this story. So like many of Jesus' activities, he's quite scandalous. And the longer you're a Christian, the more you forget that. You think, oh yeah, he's going to tea with... You know, he's going to tea with the Pharisees, that's fine. And this woman of disrepute comes in, yeah, fine. And she weeps and the tears go on Jesus' feet and she wipes them with her hair and she pulls out her expensive perfume. Okay, cool. Actually, it's an extraordinary story. It's a shocking story. The Pharisees are like the rule, maker, the rule keepers. They would have wanted everything just right. Uh, inviting Jesus to eat with them would have been uh, like a situation of massive preparation, organization, and things would have needed to be absolutely perfect. And so for a woman of disrepute, the Bible calls her a sinful woman, to turn up would have been like, they'd been like, what's going on? What's going on? Who's she? How did she get in? That's not right. Oh, keep her away from the Lord. You know, keep her away from Jesus. We've got an important guest. That's what, that's what would have been going on in the room. And what she does is she begins weeping. And we can wonder about the weeping in a little bit. And a, a little bit of the scripture that I especially want to draw attention to is to the, towards the end of the section that Lucy read to us. And... Jesus says, he turns to the woman and he says, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, 
but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing me. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. Jesus was so impressed by the extravagant love of this woman, the extravagance of her welcome. People think that the uh, perfume that she poured out was probably um, money she had saved for her whole life. It would be like getting your retirement fund and giving it away. That's what it's like. Stuff that you're like really banking on for your future. And she gives it away. And we're in the middle of a series about being all in for Jesus. And I hope that this story will help inspire us to be a little more all in for Jesus than we already are. And we're going to do this with the help of a couple of uh, artists' impressions of this story. And it may be that as you see the pictures, don't put them up yet, (laughs) as you see the pictures... It might be that they strike a chord with you, that you're like, oh, yes, they sort of resonate in you. C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Narnia Chronicles, said, we read to know that we're not alone. And creative work, art, music, theater, dance, telly, all that stuff can help us know we're not alone because we see someone like us. We see someone who feels and thinks and worries and is joyful about the same stuff as us. And sometimes when we watch uh, creative things as well, we're like, oh, we wake up, we see things differently, and we begin to live a different story. So I don't know which way it's going to go for us today, but it's going to go one of those ways, and both ways are good. So can we have the first one? Okay. Oh, no, I want to see the bottom of it. Can we see the bottom of it? Steve's going to sort it out. When Steve sorts it out, there's no need to worry. Okay, great. So if you need to stand up to to get a glimpse of this picture, you can. But just have a look at it. And I just want you to think, what do you notice? If you can't see the bottom of it, stand up so you can have a look at the bottom of it. And then you can sit down again, because I don't want you to miss it. Okay. And have a look at the woman. And how does this picture shed light on the story for you. Something I noticed about this story is the focus of the woman and the diligence. Can you see her hand on Jesus' feet? I think she's really diligent. I think she's really careful. I think she's really focused in what she's doing. She's loving him with real diligence and attention to detail. And some of us are like that. We're like attention to detail people. We're really focused. We're really careful. And when we do things, we want to do them well. And approaching life like that And approaching worshipping Jesus like that is a wonderful thing. So if you're like that and you've thought it's had nothing to do with your worship life, maybe this picture might help you wonder again. 
Can I look at the second one? Okay, have a look at this one. What do you think and feel when you see this? I wonder what you notice. Or does any part of the story that we've looked at together echo for you? Josh, can you take us back to the first one again? Okay, so we've got this one. And the second one. Okay, leave out the second one, Josh. Have a chat to someone near you and talk together about how those two pictures are illuminating your thoughts or waking up the scripture a bit for you or resonating with you. And you can't be wrong, can you, because it's your own opinion and you're not going to feed back to the teacher, so it's all fine. So uh, have a chat to someone near you for a couple of minutes and then I'll draw us back together again in a minute. Okay, can I bring you back again? So when I was having a little, uh, you know, Googling the story and seeing what pictures came up, I particularly chose this one because I find the expression on the woman's face incredibly complex and moving. I feel like you can see like a frown. You can almost see the worry lines in her. And she's sort of bringing her grief for her own, sorrow, her own sin, I think. In verse 38, we read, As she stood behind Jesus at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And I think that depicts for us the sorrow that she was feeling for all the stuff she'd ever done wrong. And it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And this picture captures both her sorrow and the kindness of God. I love it that his hand isn't like hovering above her, but actually touching her. And it reminds me of Jesus reaching out to touch the lepers. And where no one would touch the lepers, Jesus touched them and they were healed. And not only were they healed, but it was like a physical sign of restoration of saying, you belong to this community, you have a place here. And we see that here, Jesus is reaching out and he's touching her. He's honoring her. 
And that is a beautiful picture, I think, of both the sorrow and the joy of repentance, of being sorry for where we've gone wrong, and the great acceptance and restoration that comes from knowing Jesus. Let's have a look at the next one. Now, I wonder what you think the artist here might have been trying to depict. Why don't you have a chat with people around you and try to work this one out? Try to work out here what you think the artist is trying to impress upon us about the story. What angle do you think it might be taking? Well, I don't really know either, but I can tell you what I think, what, what came to my mind, what, and why I chose this one. So um, there was something about the onlookers that I could really get. You know, that feeling of like, oh, I would do that, but what if someone sees me? Or, you know, I would do that, but, oh, what would people think of me? And um, I was thinking, she couldn't care less. Her eyes are closed. She's wiping uh, Jesus' feet with her hair. She's completely lost in that moment of giving herself to Jesus. And I thought, when I first saw that picture, I imagined that the guys peeping around the corner were thinking, like, boy, what on earth is she doing? How weird, and all that sort of thing. And then I had another look. And I thought, are they? Because I don't know if you can quite see here, but when you see this picture up close, they've got really big googly eyes. They're like this. And I thought, what if they're not appalled, but they're actually inspired? What if they're like, wow, this is incredible. Because so much of this story is incredible that this woman would take this action, that Jesus would welcome it, that he would use her as an example of worship above the Pharisees who basically do it for a living. And so it made me think again about when sometimes we don't want to maybe use the gifts that we have or do an extravagant gesture or give ourselves to worship and prayer because something in us is holding back about what other people might think. What if we turn the tables on that one, like Jesus turned the tables on the leper, and it's like, no, you're included. And he touches the woman, and he's like, no, you, you're restored. What if when we did stuff that we thought might be a little bit weird, like this woman does, 
What if we thought of that as being a wide-eyed moment for others? A moment when others might think, crikey, I've never seen anything like that. What if that's true? We have one more picture. So again, look closely at the bottom of this one. And have a little think to yourself about what you think the artist might be illuminating for us. So I'm imagining this is like the end of the scene and the perfume bottle's empty. So everything she has saved for her future, all her security is gone. And look, she couldn't care less because she is holding on to one who is greater than any material thing. And the lid's fallen on the ground <laughs> and the room would have been full of the powerful fragrance of the perfume that she had poured out on Jesus' feet. And I was reminded of the scripture in Corinthians that tells us we are the fragrance of Christ to the world. What we do and say and how we live and how we do our secret stuff is the aroma of Jesus. It changes atmospheres. It changes how people think. It can change how people live. And you can sort of see the peace and the wholeness in this woman. I love the way she... Uh, I feel like she's completely let go there. In holding on to him, she's kind of let go of everything else, and it's a very beautiful thing. And I was wondering what the equivalent of that perfume might be for me. What might I have in my hand? What things might I have that I value highly and that are good things? You know, that perfume that she'd say was a good thing. And are all the good things in my life all in? Are all the gifts that I have, the skills that I've built up over the years, the money, the resources, the connections that I have, is all that makes me, have I, have I brought it all in? Have I pulled out a little bit? Am I just holding it and just thinking, hmm, working out whether to even pour a drop out? I don't know. We're all in different places with different things, aren't we? But in this story... Jesus is absolutely delighted by the extravagant love of this woman, her all-inness for him. Do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. And she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing me. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, 
she has shown great love. I want to be like that woman. So I'm going to say a prayer, and then there'll be a little bit of space, and then the band will lead us in worship. And as we come to Jesus in worship, let's bring all the little ways we're waking up, all the ways these pictures and this story have helped us wake up to what it might mean to be more all in with Jesus, okay? So Lord, we thank you for creativity and uh, these pictures and how amazingly they illuminate your truth. We thank you for the example of this woman, God, and how she's going to be known in eternity as one who gave her all for you. We thank you for her inspiration, Jesus, and all the things that you've said about her. And we come before you with our lives and our jars of perfume. And we pray, God, where we need your help to prise off the lid, would you help us? Where we, you know what we need. And Jesus, in our courage and confidence, and in our uncertainty and in our doubt, we're turning to you now. And we are declaring ourselves your children who want your help to be more all in for you.